0: A Moment of Power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Part six, moving forward by faith. If you would stand for the reading of the word. Can y'all hear me okay? Okay. Been singing since I got up this morning, so i kinda Hoping my voice gonna go. I've been singing since the crack of dawn. I like to do a little praise and worship at home as well. Amen. Singing since five thirty, whatever time I got. Hey, man, listen at the word. Listen at the word. We're still dealing with Moses here. Listen at the word. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Now you will see that uh, what I would do to Pharaoh because of my mighty hand." He will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Verse 6, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Verse 9, Moses reported this to the Israelites but they did not listen to them because of the discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, go, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites would not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? Faltering lips. Uh, verse 10 is going to be our verse nine and 10 our focus verses. Moses reported this to the Israelites. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. But verse 10 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. I want to use as a subject this morning. Help is on the way. Yes. Help yes. is on the way. You may be seated. Help is on the way. You know that song... Hold to God's unchanging hand. I was thinking it, it segues right into the sermon. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Health is on the way. Uh, forgive, forgive me. I forgot to honor my wife. Y'all forgive me. Well, honor the first ladies today. God bless you, first lady. Amen. I told the Sunday school class I'm qualified to be a nurse at the hospital now. Nursing her for the last couple of weeks. She's got a cast on both feet. So after church, I'm gonna go back go down to the hospital. See if they sign me up for a job. I'm qualified. Help is on the way. Can you be honest with me today? We're in church, so let's be honest. Does it ever feel like the enemy is always winning? Let's be honest. Does it ever feel like that old devil is always winning? Does it ever feel like does it ever feel like nothing seems to work out in your favor? Ephesians six verse ten and eleven. Paul says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God." That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word wiles, it means schemes or crap. I know we're super saved. I know we're too blessed to be stressed. But it's it's okay to take off the mask and be honest for a moment. It, It seems like sometimes the devil has the upper hand. The devil always wants to try you. Even though you have on the whole armor of God, the enemy is still waging war against you. The truth be told, the enemy never takes a break. And he doesn't take a break because he wants to knock you off course. He wants to, he wants to dissuade and discourage you any way he can. I'm reminded of when I was a child and I used to listen to my mom and dad talking about stuff. My dad, he would even, he would always say, if it ain't one thing, it's another. <laughs> if it ain't one thing, it's another. In other words, problem after problem. Burden after burden. Issue after issue. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Our new job report came out Friday, the country added. An additional 517,000 jobs to the to the economy, way more than some economists had predicted. That's good news to celebrate because it already indicates that the economy is doing good. But there's a different reality for some of us on the ground. If it ain't one thing, it's another. The reality for some of us is there's a different bill in the mailbox every. i got some witnesses back here. The reality, the reality for some of us is the car wouldn't start for some reason. Then the mechanic gave you more bad news than you could handle. The reality for some of us is there's more money than money. So you may not know how ends are going to be. Maybe there's a doctor's visit coming up and you're just praying for a good report from the doctor, even though you haven't been feeling well. There, there's so many issues we face, y'all. And it seems like they just compound one another. That's what makes it seem like the devil is always winning. It feels like that, that because the devil, he simply wants to weaken our faith. But the good news is, help is on the way. The same way God has helped or is going to help these Israelites... He's help, he helps us or is going to help us uh, help us too. Yeah. And so in the background of Exodus 6, we have the burning bush encounter where Moses protested the call of God. Moses has moved on and is now carrying out the assignment God has given him. We only got two points for you today. Moses has now moved on. He's carrying out the assignment that God has given him. He goes back to his father-in-law Jethro in, in Midian and he bids farewell at Says he's going to Egypt to see if his people were still alive. Moses he now takes his family and he starts on his way. At his disposal he has a staff and all the signs and wonders God has anointed him to do before Pharaoh. He meets his brother Aaron along the way. Moses briefs Aaron on everything God has given him to say. And then they go on to brief all the elders of the Israelites. After the elders have been briefed and Moses. That's giving them a private demonstration of the signs God has empowered through him. They all believe. The Bible says in chapter 4, the Bible declares that they understood the compassion and the concern of the Lord. The Bible says they began to bow down and worship him. In the narrative, the text goes on. Moses and Aaron, they confront Pharaoh and told him what the Lord had said. But the caveat is Pharaoh didn't know who God was. He didn't know who the Lord was, so he defied the commands of Moses. And in his his defiance of God, uh, Pharaoh made conditions worse for the Israelites. He ordered the slave drivers and and overseers to no longer supply straw for them to make bricks. They had to now gather their own straw to make bricks. In other words, they had to produce the same outcome with less resources. Pharaoh wants them to meet the same quota, which essentially amounts to more work or doing more with less. And when they couldn't meet that particular quota, the the overseers would beat the taskmasters. Pharaoh made things worse, and the people became discouraged. I know you're probably saying, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with what we've have we have going on? It, it's got a lot to do with us because. The Bible says they became discouraged. That's what the enemy Satan wants for us. He wants you to be discouraged in your situation. He wants you to feel like that, that dire situation that you may be in. He wants you to feel like it will never get better. That's what the enemy wants for you. And if you feel discouraged, eventually you're going to give up. And so what we see here is a season of of hardship, a season of suffering that we all go through at some point. And that's when that's when the enemy really, really goes to war against our faith. And what we see in Pharaoh is that it seems like the devil may be winning against us, but the reality is he's going to lose. He's going to lose. It may seem like he's winning because he's defiant. He he won't back down, and because he won't back down, he he continues to try and destroy you. Steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if you know it or not, but the enemy wants to break you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your faith, your relationship with God. I stand to tell you to stand your ground against the adversary. I came to tell you this morning, don't let him destroy you. Stand your ground. Be strong in the Lord. That's the main thing I see in our text today. If God has promised to do something, no matter how dire the situation may seem or how discouraged and doubtful you may be, God is still going to do it. I don't care what the enemy says. I'm concerned about what God says. If God has promised it, if he said he's going to do it, we got to stand strong and believe that God will do it. What does that mean for us? We have to place and keep our confidence in God. Uh, it goes back to that song. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. We got we to gotta keep our confidence in God. Not in self, not in others. Not in our possessions. Not in the world, but God. And so this passage, y'all, this morning, it is about the faithfulness of God. That's what it's all about. Up to this point, Things haven't gone the way Moses and Aaron had hoped or planned. The people may have been greatly disappointed. They have become dispirited. Uh, Moses is upset. He's frustrated. He's embarrassed. Has anybody been there before? Your situation leaves you upset. Your situation leaves you frustrated. Your situation leaves you embarrassed. And you just can't see how God is going to work that thing in life, that, that thing out. It seems like everything around you is in disarray. It seems like your whole life is in a flux. But God remains the same. He is. He he continues to be faithful, even when it doesn't seem like it. I just want to encourage you this morning. God does not forget his promises. God does not change. He's consistent, and God is going to be faithful to the end. That's the good news this morning. We gotta always, we are, we gotta always look at it from the lens that God is in control. Yes, is. I know that's hard sometimes. I know it doesn't make sense sometimes. Doctor gave me a report that I had cancer, but you telling me God is in control? We gotta keep looking to God and know that God is faithful. The Israelites, y'all, they had they had lost faith in the promises of God. And even Moses, he, he's second-guessing himself in verse 12. But through all of that, God, it did not matter. God is still going to do what he's going to do. If God says, I will, then he will. He, he, God is going to do what he said he was going to do, regardless of any doubts you and I may have. Regardless of any second-guessing you and I may have. The good news is God is bigger than our doubts. His faithfulness towards us is stronger than our faithlessness towards him. That's who God is. Uh, Hebrews 12 says, Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Amen. God is going to heal where healing needs to happen. He's going to repair what needs to be repaired. He's going to restore what needs to be Restored, And God is going to do all of that In spite of what the enemy may say Amen. In spite of what it may look like God is going to do what he said he's going to do yeah. And so this passage this morning It points out two things I want to share with you About God's grace And God's promises in this text And if you're feeling discouraged this morning You're feeling weary this morning If you're feeling like God is abandoning you this morning I want to share number one God is always concerned about your burdens. God is always, always concerned about your burdens. What do you mean, Pastor? Write this down. If you're taking notes, don't ever allow the enemy to get you to the point where you think God is not concerned. Don't ever allow the enemy to get you to the point where you think God is not concerned. God is concerned about whatever it is that you might be going through. Conversely, the enemy wants you to think that God has abandoned you and left you all by yourself. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The enemy wants you to think that God has left you all alone on the edge of the cliff all by yourself. You don't know which way to turn, but I come to tell you this morning, God is always concerned about your burdens. We see the love of God all up and down this text. and the entire book of Exodus is about, it's about redemption and relationship with God. And so here we see Moses and Aaron, they have gone back to God. They, they go back to file some more complaints with God, if you will. They want to make some reports about Pharaoh. They want to submit a Complaint report about Pharaoh in chapter 5. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Moses complains, Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people. Moses says, You have not rescued your people at all. Moses is frustrated. The situation is getting worse instead of better. Has anybody been there before? Yeah. It feels like it's getting worse instead of yeah. better. But the good news, God already knew how Pharaoh would respond. Yeah. He knew that Pharaoh wouldn't initially let the people go. Yeah. He knew that it would take a show of force. So, so God reassures Moses that by force, Pharaoh will release the people, the people for good. That it's going to be a full exodus. God must remind Moses who he is. It's, it's, as, it's as if God is telling Moses, you must have forgot who I was. It's as if God is telling Moses, maybe I didn't make myself clear previously. God says in verse 2, I am the Lord. I, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, or El Shaddai. But by my name the Lord, I did not make myself fully. No, God says to Moses, maybe you didn't understand who I am. So God has to reassure Moses how powerful he is. And that's all right. Sometimes we need a little reassurance from God. Sometimes God has to remind us just who he is. God goes on to say, I I, I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. We've seen Moses feel inadequate for the assignment. We, we've seen Moses trying to get out of this assignment. But another thing we see with Moses this morning is... Even through all of that, he took his problems to God. That's what I love about it. He took his problems to, he took them straight to God. When the Israelites were making bricks for Pharaoh and then blaming him for having them to make more straw, Moses took his problems to God. You want to take it to God. Take Take it to God. Don't take it to your friends. Take it to God. God wants us to understand. He wants them to understand. He wants... All of us understand that he is the answer to all of their problems. Every aspect of their salvation and their deliverance from exodus depended on God. Amen. Whatever, whatever difficulties show up in the meantime, we got to trust that God will be able to handle it. Because he is the Lord. Amen. I know sometimes we wish we could escape our problems. We wish we could take a... Vacation from our problems, but we ought to just take it to God and hold on to His unchanging hand, Amen. Because even though Moses, he was, he felt inadequate. He, he, he wanted to get out of this assignment, but the, the reality is, he knew that it was only God that could bring them out of Israel. It's, it's only God that can fix our issues, Amen. It is only God can give us that can give us what we need for every situation we face. God says, I am the Lord. I'm the one that's going to save them. And what the text wants to teach us this morning, y'all. Whatever problems we have, whatever difficulties we face, the most important thing is to know where to go. And where we need to go is to God. The text teaches us that we need to place our trust in Him. When there's trouble in our families, trust God. When there's trouble on the job. Take it to God. When there's trouble even in the church, take it to God. Amen. Trouble in our marriage. Take it to God. Trouble in school. Take it to God. Wherever there's trouble, wherever there's difficulties, take it to God. God says, I am the Lord. That's the good news this morning. God is concerned about your burdens. He has not forgot about you. God goes on to say, I I, I'm the one that's going to rescue them. King James says, therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their abundance. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. And with great justice. God is concerned about your burdens. He knows you're frustrated. He knows he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers to turn your situation around. Amen he's concerned about your burdens, your worries, your problems. We all have burdens. He's, he's concerned about even, even those things that keep us bound up. He's concerned about all that. God cares about you and about all the things that burden you and keep you bound up in life. But the truth is we got to cast our cares upon him. This is why Peter says, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. This word cast all your care upon him, Peter uses it refers to our anxieties and worries, those things that stress us out, keep us up at night. Peter says, cast them on the Lord. Amen. God God is inviting us to cast all our cares upon him. He's interested in what we have going on even when we can't feel it. This is why David lamented in Psalm 13 that he, he felt like God had abandoned him. Amen. God has not forgotten about you, beloved. He has not forgotten about you. In other words, the good news today, y'all, is God cares about whatever it is that affects you. Amen. Hebrews 4, 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain and find grace to help in time of need. God promises Israel that he will bring them out and redeem them. He promised to deliver them from the bondage of slavery. And that same thing applies to us today. God is always concerned about our burdens. But here's the second thing. Knowing that God is concerned about us, number two, we have to be encouraged about his covenant fellowship we got to be encouraged about his covenant fellowship. That's point two. Not only does God care about us, but we serve and worship a God that is committed to us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, for I know the plans I have for you. God is committed to us in an irreversible, I would call it an irreversible relationship. In other words, you can't break up with God. He's not trying to break up with you. He's committed to us in an irreversible relationship. In other words, we have the assurance of God's presence and grace in our lives. The text reminds us, y'all, that when we're connected to a God that loves us beyond measure, it means that he cares about us in a special way. It means that he sees what we are going through. He knows what whatever we are going through. He tells Moses, go back and tell them, I will take you as my own people. And I will be your God. Then you will know, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the, under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hands. To give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. It's kind of it's kind of weird, y'all. God uses the afflictions of Israel to bring them closer to Him. That's kind of that's kind of interesting to me. And it makes you ask the question, God, why are you gonna use my mess to bring me closer to you? God is going to use his power, his peace, his presence to bring them closer to him. He does the same thing for us. He uses our trials to God uh, to draw us closer to him. James says, count it all joy. When you're going through trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Because his strength is your faith. He, he conveys his promise of commitment through Moses. He goes on and gives Moses a whole bunch of promises. He says in verse 7, I will take you as my own. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you from the yoke of the uh, Egyptians. He says in verse 8, I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. He says, I will give it to you. In other words, God sees him and he promises to do something about it. But know that God sees you And he's going to do something about it. He promises, number one, to liberate the people. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. God will liberate you, beloved. He's going to bring you out from under the yoke of whatever is holding you back. God says, I will liberate you. But then God goes on to promise them redemption. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of the... Are you glad you've been redeemed by Jesus Christ today? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Then God promises they would be his people. He would have a special relationship with them. They would have unending security that he was going to take them to the land that he promised Abraham years ago. Do you know that you're God's person? Do you know that we are God's people? But it was security because God's promise to Israel was a land where they would enjoy the best of everything God had for them. The promised land, the land that was flowing with milk and honey. But God says, I'm going to bring you out. And so I want to encourage you this morning that God cares about you. He cares about your present day circumstances. Amen. He cares about your future. Amen. Amen. He made some promises to them regarding their future. He made some promises to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And the same way he's done for them, he'll do for you. And as I push on to the end, the Bible says in verse 9 that the people, they didn't listen to Moses because of their discouragement and harsh labor. You see that in your your Bible, verse 9. It says, they didn't listen because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Think about it in our context. That's right where the enemy wants us. Discouragement and not listening for what God has for us. Watch this. The text shows discouragement, but the text also shows that God is in control. In other words, help is on the way, so yeah. hang in there just a little while alone. In other words, help is on the way, but in the meantime and in between time, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Help is on the way. With God on your side, the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of defeat won't win. Amen. With God on your side. The enemy will not win. Instead, y'all, we have have the assurance of grace and the promise of victory. Did you you get it this morning? Discouragement, but God is still in control. Burden, but God is still in control. Uh, Yoke, but God is still in control. Don't know how it's going to work out, but help is... On the way Might I I remind you this morning That God is still in control Might I remind you that Many are the afflictions of the righteous But the Lord delivers him Out of them all Can can I just give you a few reminders This morning Can I just remind you that Help is on the way The Lord delivers him out of Them all Can I give you another reminder That I would lift up mine eyes unto the hills From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who has made heaven and earth. Help is on the way. Can I give you another reminder? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and my staff, they come for me. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of Thou image, Thou thy will notice my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Be encouraged today. Y'all, help is on the way. Uh, be encouraged because God is going to show up and show out. Help us on the way. Might I remind you about Jesus? Can I talk about Jesus for just a second? Uh, the one who suffered, bled, and died. You know what? The devil thought he was defeated too. The one who suffered, bled, and died. The, the devil thought he had him too. And the reason the devil thought he had him because they, they hung him high on that old rugged cross. But help was on the way. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. And they hung him high. And they stretched him wide. They, they pierced him in his side. But help was on the way. They drove nails in his hands. And in his feet. They thought he was defeated. But help was on the way. Jesus says father forgive them. For they know not what they do. They thought they had him defeated. But they didn't know about it the one who sent him. And they didn't have him defeated, y'all, because he came down from the cross and he laid in a borrowed tomb. Amen. He, he laid in a borrowed tomb all night Friday, all of Saturday. They thought he was defeated. But on the third day, I said on the third day, he, he found his help. Because on the third day, he rose again. And we like to say early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. In other words, his help showed up. And God raised him from the dead. He had all power in his hand. Might I remind you about Jesus this morning? Might I remind you that? Uh, he defeated the sting of death. He defeated that old grave. Yes, yes. Might I remind you this morning that God will show up in your situation? Yes, yes, yes. Might I remind you that even though it may not feel like it, God will show yes, up. Will. Yes, will. The elders used to say, he may not come when you want it, but he'll be there right on time. God promises that he will bless his people. It's not just words on the pages. It's relevant for all of us. Help is on the way. Be encouraged, y'all. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. God cares more about you than you can think or imagine. He's he's concerned about our burdens. He's concerned about covenant with with us. He told Moses he was going to bless his people, y'all. Seven promises. Deliverance, liberty, power, relationship, friendship, and a future. It applies to all of us. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Can we give God praise for the word? So whatever you're going through today, don't let the enemy think you. let you, you. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.